Greetings, travelers. Welcome to the Law Seekers podcast. Grab an ale and join our two adventurers as they share their tales of misadventure in the land of Tamriel. Here they are at their usual table. Jibs and cash. Ooh, yeah. Ah. Mm. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. This this one's comfortable. This This, chair's imported. This feels, uh... This feels new. This feels fresh. Something's... Well, that... It is new. This feels so warm and cozy. It's like it's our own tavern or something. I know. Gotta love it, buddy. I... I'm... I'm enjoying this. We, uh... Man... Look, we even got our own barmaid now. Yeah, it's you. You're the one standing on that side of a bar. Why don't you order me or get me a drink this time, pal? Yeah, I can go wherever I want. This one. (laughs) We're in our own tavern right now, baby. All right. Hey, barmaid. What can I get you, boys? Uh, I will take a, you know what? I think today I'm going to rock a berry mead tonic. Never tried this. Be gentle. You know, it's funny because our barmaid this week looks an awful lot like the same lady I sell my wares to in dungeons. Hello, Newsy. <laughs> <laughs> I will take a stalwart stout, please. Coming right up. Thank you, my lady. You're the best. Love you, long time. All right. Well, mm. so what have you been doing, man? What have you been doing in game? Well, uh, in game and out of game. Again, a very busy week, but that's the way we love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Out of game, uh, I actually have uh, had quite the week. I have had to uh, repair one of my real life mounts in the form of a Chevrolet. Mm. <laughs> that's super low. Did you have to repair the hooves of your 800 horses? Yes, I did. And it was painful, but anyway, <laughs> that was done. Uh, in-game, more importantly, more fun. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of Dark Brotherhood this week. I'm um, just working on that. I'm working on, I finally figured it out. On Cash the Lore Seeker, my main, my Sork. Yeah. I am just going to run all the content that I have not run before. I'm just going to run it on him. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I'll have my specialties with other alts. But I've decided... Cash the Lore Seeker. He's my main. So when I'm questing out in the world, that's where I'll be. Um, speaking of altaholism, I have been very feverishly researching a warden tank this week. Not quite Whoa. sure the route I'm going to take. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that I'm going to roll a warden tank sometime in the near future. What else did we do? Uh, oh, last night, you and I and a couple of guildies, uh, Masix and the real Jay Clark, we started Orsinium together. That was kind of cool. It's one of our goals, remember? Yep. And um, what else did we do? Oh, man, it's so hard to think of stuff. Um, oh, yeah, we launched a friggin' guild. Yeah, we did, baby. Yes. That's it was kind of a big deal. We did. It, it's been a very big deal. Uh, yeah, go, go keep going. Was there more? Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. I mean, the, the only thing after this is just going to be my excitement and the level of excitement that you and I have both had <laughs> and the unbelievable response that we've gotten since last Friday's show release. We have been hopping and I can't even really start to explain yeah. how cool it's been to see a lot of the listeners that we've been interacting with on the social medias coming into guild with us and not just joining 
but sticking around and interacting and watching and trying to keep up with our Discord chat. Um, our our chat channels, both uh, text and voice, are nuts. E- yes, that's putting it even mildly. It's uh, <laughs> like we knew, you know, I was hoping, you know, when we launched the guild, I'm like, all right, you know what? If I was keeping, I was keeping, you know, just numbers low in my head. So I, you know, just didn't have any extravagant expectations. I'm just like, all right, maybe we get two people today. Well, that came and gone pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, the Discord is nuts. You guys are all the listeners. We've got people coming over from Sweden, people from Canada, United States. It's all over. Listeners from all over the globe, uh, fans of Tiso all over the globe are joining the Lore Seekers official guild. The Discord is nuts. Uh, it's there's so much going on. We've had to add more channels. We've got a uh, build discussion channel now. Uh, we had to add uh, shoot. We have the RP slash creative writing channel, and that just took off. That was nuts. <laughs> you Dude. put that one. You put that one in service, and immediately uh, yeah. it took off. I was like, holy crud! Yeah. It was pretty neat. Just people. They're just RPing that they're in yeah. our tavern, serving up drinks and talking about their adventures in character. I'm like, this is like a dream come true to watch the interaction going on with these people. This is like a guild leader's dream, and we had not expected it. And the other thing I'm noticing, too, is that people are coming over from our other yeah. guilds, yeah. and they're just adding us as another guild and so they're still over like at, at mog nation there's a bunch of people over there playing with meridias and then they've come over here to play with us and then they're back over there so there's just tons and tons of intermingling between the guilds that we're a part of and i yeah. i couldn't be happier i could not be more <laughs> excited agree. about this guild i agree man you're right on the rp channel it, we think we opened that up at like noon and i woke up the following morning and I checked posts, and the last post was 2 a.m. They were going until 2 in the morning. They closed the bar. They closed yeah, the, the bar, bar at 2. <laughs> Although we don't close. We're open 24 yeah. hours, but... it's We are open 24-7. That's true. Yeah, man. Like The people or guild members are hopping in. People are meeting. All you know, Listeners are joining. The coolest thing for me is to sit back and watch and just the pure amount of excitement that's from all the listeners that are there. The people are happy to be there. They're helping each other. They're answering questions. Um, they're going over different builds. It's, man, I tell you what, if you have room in your guild list, you need to go to loreseekerspodcast.com slash guild, and you need to check it out because this is, like Cash said, Guildmaster's dream, 100%. He's right. You sit back and you just chat with your listeners we're meeting we're hanging out in the voice channels oh it's been a busy week man like i started working on uh a templar for pvp and uh started working on the heels with that guy turns out i really like the healing with the temp that's fun good got him up to 15 he's good uh and then most of the rest of my time like i spent logging in um since probably last episode yeah just about since last episode, most of my time has been spent, one, with you running dungeons and the rest of our daily dungeon group. Um, shout out to you, dudes. Two, getting guild invites. Three, uh, getting people in the guild. That's literally been all about I've been able to do the past week. <laughs> yeah, we've been, we've been busy and lots of chatter. And you know what? Um, definitely shout out to 
uh, a few of our folks. Um, we got uh, Spin, who's been oh helping gosh, us a yeah. ton, and uh, Tim. Uh, we talked about Tim last week, uh, Orchid. He's been helping us out with uh, some more technical stuff. And um, actually, him and Spin both helping us with the uh, technical stuff in our Discord channel. And then uh, April, thank you tons. Yes, for your help. She stepped up and she's helping us with uh, with recruitment and and um, getting people settled in into the guild. And it's just neat. And the other thing too, not quite ready to announce it yet, but we might as well um, semi talk about it to all the listeners, which would make a kind of an announcement. But anyway, we're working on expanding so far into PS4. We have people who want to have a guild in PS4. That was like day one stuff. That was not even two hours in. Two hours in and there was a there was a huge amount of interest. Right. <laughs> Out of nowhere, man. Yeah, and we're like, uh didn't <laughs> expect that, but yeah, let's yep. come up with a way. So Jibs and I are we are actively working on a way. We're actually in the middle of recruitment for uh, somebody who's going to take over the reins and assist with a PS4 guild. So, if we have folks out there that are playing on Xbox, all is not lost, my friends. You can come on a Discord with us, join the guild, start chatting with us. But we are looking for people to run console versions of the yep. Lore Seekers Guild. Yeah, let's do uh, this. It was we. <laughs> We did not expect that at all. Um, in fact, I remember calling you and I'm like, uh, so did you see that in chat? <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's going on. We've got people, like you talked about, um, depth, uh, April stepping up, people, listeners, they want to help. They want to help support the guild. They want to get involved. And and uh, it's been awesome. It's been an awesome week. And um, so we're back. This is officially... It's also kind of fun because we've been here for 10 now, baby. We're in double digits. It's episode 10 of the Lore Seekers podcast. I know. We're a decade old. I know. I know. Yes, that we are. Uh, I'm your host. I'm not your host. We're your hosts. <laughs> Jibs. And I'm joined by literally the best person I could ever do this show with and my best friend, Cash. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to mess up. You can't say that kind of stuff on the air without preparing you <laughs> <laughs> i love you buddy uh no seriously um we are we're very excited about the whole thing um the excitement is palpable it's palpable in game it's palpable every time we talk it's palpable on our cast and it's definitely palpable in our tavern so hey if you're guildless come join us Let, let's have some fun with this whole thing and really launch something super special and um you know, Jibs and I, our focus is making sure that you guys get the best quality content that we can possibly put out and still having time to play the game. And I think right now we're balancing that pretty well, my friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. It's like the the current mood, the current status surrounding our listener base and those who we're getting people who are saying, I just found you guys. I just found you guys. I just found you guys. And they're binge listening to all the episodes and uh you know you never would have known this game has been out for four years or three years you know you never would have known it's been out this long like it feels like it just released last week that's the current mood and i think this show and i think in the guild it's just been (laughs) unreal so yep we got a show buddy we do we got a big one we got a big one we probably should get a get a move on here uh, so this week on the show, uh, we are talking update 18. 
some of the goodies that uh, that entails. We got a new Crown Store showcase we're going over. You guys requested it, so we're bringing it to you. We got an ESO 101 on the housing system. We're going to go everything top to bottom through that. And finally, we'll finish it up with a lore lesson on the Red Guards. So, yeah. anyway, we got that coming to you. Hey, you two. Give us some news. Okay, well, he followed us here, too. This just doesn't... I Can we get, like, a restraining order? Who let him in? I don't know. I Probably that... The, the guy... Who, who'd you put for a bouncer? You hired a bouncer that's outside right now? Yeah, we have a soul shriv, and evidently the guy is brain dead. Who knew? I mean, I know. He, didn't, like he... he didn't even card me when I came in. You think it's because of my haircut? I don't know. He was kind of swaying back and forth, so I don't know how much he's really paying attention right now. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. All right, friends. So, update 18. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online put an article out. Uh, learn about Update 18's gifting, daily rewards, and combat changes. Now, you probably saw this on their social media. If you didn't, you're just now learning of this. Well, we're going to go over this top to bottom for you. Um, so, Update 18, we know, is going to be arriving in June. It's going to be free with the base game update uh, for all ESO players, including, the like we talked about already, the gifting, the daily rewards, and combat changes. Now, for daily rewards, uh, we've got some kind of an interesting uh, little system here this i thought it would be a little bit more strict to this than this but um you know this is good so with the daily rewards in update 18 you are rewarded simply by entering the game that's all you have to do is log into the game and you're gonna get some rewards when you log into eso you'll be able to claim a unique reward that can include can include any of the following you can have different currencies we can have consumables, special rewards such as collectibles or crown crates from the uh, very latest season. The first month even includes, and dude, this guy looks pretty awesome, the Sigic Mascot Guar Calf Pet. Yes, please. That looks pretty darn awesome. He's uh, It's a little Guar Pet, but um, he's got all kinds of Sigic glowing blue streaks all over him. Need him. In the words of the uh, Napoleon Dynamite movie, I want that. I want that. (laughs) So that looks, yeah, it looks awesome. At the start of each month, the daily rewards will reset with the amount of rewards you can claim varying month to month. If you can't log in and happen to miss a day, it's all good because the reward days are cumulative, and I love that. Meaning you won't lose progress and you can continue where you left off within the month. I used to play a game um, on console. Uh, I forget the, the name of the game. Uh, Wizard 101? Crossout, no. Uh, Crossout was the name of it. And they- <laughs> 101. Wow. <laughs> I have been bag. Thank you. But uh, anyway, Crossout, and they did a daily reward system like this. And, you know, you had to... At the time when I was playing, you had to log in every day to get those rewards. And if you missed a day, well, you kind of screwed yourself. It was the same for Smite, I think. I think that used to be way back in the day. I think it was something similar to that, the MOBA Smite. But, um, so this is awesome. And I like this because this really caters to the whole player base. The hardcore to the most casual. You know, if you don't log in for a day, you miss a day, you're not going to lose your all your progress. Right. Right. I do like this. Um, the, the biggest thing that I like, too, 
it's really easy. It's not like you have to log on and, you know, kill a mob or anything, which they've done in the past, but, and that's super easy to do. You log in and you go out and you kill a monster, big deal. But you, all you got to do is log in. So essentially you're getting credit for your daily. All you got to do is fog up a mirror pretty much. Or just like, are you there? <sighs> okay, you're good to go. And for me, that's great. Because like if I only have time to, some days I'm busy and don't even have time to log into the game, which I get really friggin' grumpy on those days. But if that's the case, you log in, do whatever for two seconds, and then you have credit towards your daily. The fact that they're doing a daily program anyway, I love that. Because there's there's folks out there that don't like the fact that this is, that you, some people say, oh yeah, you know, the game is, is kind of pay to win because you get this or that. And that's not the case, but they're adding things for everybody. And that right. makes that, I think that is uh, globally for all different types of players or different play styles. Brilliant idea. If you ask me yeah. to add daily rewards, it gives people a chance and an incentive to jump in. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that's great. And especially, I feel like at this point in its life, uh, especially with, you know, the, the, the new DLC coming up, this is the right move to make. I mean, you want to really, you want to be able to please as many people as you can, you know, and maintain that player base without losing who you are as a game, you know, or even as a company. So this is a good move. I like it. Um, all progress does reset at the end of the month, and if you don't have enough days left to claim all of that month's rewards, you will miss out on some. So that's something to keep in mind. So if you can't log in every day, or you choose to take 10 days away from the game, you may miss out on some rewards. Uh, you can claim your rewards in the announcement panel, or when you log out. So you can claim, you can also navigate to the daily rewards section of the Crown Store to claim your items view future rewards and see how many days are left before it resets in order to be eligible for future rewards you must claim any currently available daily rewards if you do not claim a daily reward the month's rewards will not progress progress excuse me so claim your rewards please <laughs> don't miss your rewards yep uh what else we got here? Note, to ensure everybody starts on equal footing, the first round of daily rewards will begin on June 5th for all platforms, not May 21st for early access PC Mac users. So everyone's starting on the same day, June 5th. We're all getting rewards, baby. <laughs> That's right. June 5th and a little bit earlier than that is going to be an outstanding week. I am so excited for May 2-1. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm digging it. We got PTS going on right now. That patch is going to probably be coming within the next couple weeks too. So, mm-hmm. Yes. So, Crown Store gifting. Now, this system is a little bit more elaborate. So, hold on with me here. Take a walk with me. We're going to go through some uh, some of the nitty gritty on this. So, with Crown Store gifting. You're able to purchase and send most Crown Store items to your friends and guildmates. All right, and I know that we've kind of already talked a little bit about this, but here's some of the here's some of the uh, details we didn't know. So, gifting is a feature that must be unlocked. So, if you are a new player, you need to become an ESL Plus member or make a Crown Pack purchase, and you have to wait 30 days in order to gain the ability to gift. Also. 
if you are an existing player who is not yet an ESO Plus member or has not made a crown pack purchase, you will also need to make a purchase and then wait 30 days in order to gain the ability to gift. Gifting is automatically unlocked if you are an existing player with the qualifying history of crown pack purchases or ESO Plus participation in the launch of Update 18. So, long story short, if you're a, if you're a subscriber, you're good to go. You're, you're ready to rock. That's pretty much what I'm getting. Otherwise, um, you have to buy something to gift something. Yeah. Okay. That part just, was a little different. It's a little different. I think there's another part coming up too that's a little different as well. Yeah. I'm going to let you get there because this, I mean, this part. I don't mean to sound selfish, but I subscribe, so this doesn't really affect me. And I'm kind of a crown store type of guy. I mean, I spend money in there, so to me that this won't affect me. But to the people that it will affect, it's they may question it a little bit. Like, wait, what? Yeah. But yeah. I'm just happy this. I'm just happy this is in the game now. Yes. Soon. Super happy about that. Soon. Soon. Soon, Tia. Uh, so to send your friend a gift, Nagav- wow, I said navigate. navigate to the item you wish to buy in the crown store and select the purchase as gift option. You just enter their user ID, their gamer tag, or PSN ID, and uh, you can also add a pre-made message if you want, similar to the mail system already. It's in place. Um, note at this point, this part was the part that I reached out to Rich Lambert on. And, uh, yeah. So, note at this point, player housing and some, quote, instant unlock items such as bag space or vampire bites are unable to be gifted. You can gift furnishing packs from the crown store or individual furnishings from the housing editor, though. So, I reached out to Rich Lambert. And I asked why. I asked if you could comment on this because I really wanted to give some clarification. Because also I wanted to know was this a a financial move or was it you know a system issue? Turns out it was a system issue. Uh, he, he said, uh, "quote It's a system limitation at the moment. The instant unlock stuff works differently than a real item. It's something we'd like to eventually do." End quote. So. That's cool, but I think the key point there is that you reached out to Rich Lambert and he got back to you, like, immediately. That is awesome. <laughs> I mean, I'm seeing it for what it is. That is Zoss being connected to their community and caring enough to be like, you know what, they have a legitimate question, let's answer it. So, right. tip, I tip my hat to Mr. Rich Agreed. Lambert. Thank you very much for getting back to us. Agreed. Appreciate it very much. Didn't have to do that. Appreciate that he did. Um, so yeah, the gift recipient must accept the gift within 14 days to receive the item. Hang on, hang on. Let's 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 back up a minute. So, like, I mean, when there's a system limitation, like you really can't complain about that. Like you really can't say, oh, they, they just don't want to do it. Well, no, it's, they they can't right now. Like, cause my my first thing when I read that was. Oh man, it's kind of a bummer. I can't gift people homes. You know what I mean? So yes. Um, um, you go. I think I got I an just, answer to it. Okay. I just, you know, I, I, at first I was really wondering if, if my main concern was if this was just some financial move, and it, it really it wasn't. So that really his answer put me at ease because it makes me feel a little bit more comfortable knowing, like, hey, 
they want to be able to do this. They just can't at the moment. So that's fine. Work towards it. Right, you know but I mean? yeah, and, and in the same breath, I can't see them not wanting to allow somebody to gift a house because there's probably there there may be dum dums out there that would like to <coughs> buy their friends a house. <laughs> and <laughs> I know, if one. know if you don't know the story, uh, Jibs at one point was homeless and. Um, when we brought this whole housing thing up, and of course we said before, we're not so full of ourselves that we think Zoss did this because of our show, because it's not the no. case. But nope. um, we brought this up and talked about it on a previous show because we had just started the podcast. We were, you know, we were both playing the game like crazy, and Jibs was homeless. And I'm like, you I know what? Home. He's done so much work. I just want to be a good friend. So I wanted to gift him a house. Well, there was no feasible way to gift him a house. So I literally got a hold of his PayPal, his email with PayPal, and I shot him the funds to buy a house. So I can't see them, unless there was some type of a systemic issue, I cannot see them not wanting to put the housing in the game because it is among the most expensive items in the crown store. You know what I mean? So like, you want to buy somebody a furnished house, it's a lot of crowns to be able to do that. So the... and this is just my thought. I could be I could be totally wrong, but the things that you can purchase in the crown store are things that are like feasible items, like mounts or you know um, whatever else they talked about you doing. But there are certain things like um, like things that are non tangible, like a vampire bite or um, changing into a werewolf or a house. I right. think they would have to create some type of a deed for that. Or some type of a token to be able to put in the crown store, and then you can buy that, which is tangible, and then give it to your to your buddy, send it to your buddy. I don't know if that's part of this systemic thing that they're talking about, but I'm sure there is a there's a darn good reason why they're not doing it, especially with some of the most expensive items in the crown store. So, yeah, my thought. Yeah, I agree. Um... I look forward to the day when we can gift, you know, that kind of thing. I one thing overall, like with this whole with with this whole system, I love the fact that they're officially making this move because everything is now for the most part inside taking place inside the game, you know. Like you'll go out of out of game, out of window to buy crowns or whatever, but gifting and all that is now officially in, so it's one less step, you know. You don't have to go to a PayPal to send money to people. You don't have to go outside the game so much it's all taking place inside the game so it's convenient it's right there i love it so anyway the gift recipient must accept the gift that you've given to them within 14 days to actually receive the item if they decline or fail to accept the item in time it will be returned to its original purchaser this part i thought it was kind of interesting this is where the rub is with me Mm -hmm. note that the purchase purchaser is unable to make use of any return gifts themselves, but can resend it to their original or a different recipient. Weird. I. That, I don't. I, I don't get that one. I don't. Uh, that I don't understand the thinking behind that. Maybe I should have found out more on that too. Because, like, if I, if I bought it. And what if the guy just no longer plays anymore, and you didn't know that? Like, he's gone. He's on vacation. He didn't tell you. 
and he's not going to be back for six months. And he's your main line of, you know, people, one of the main guys you play with. Like, well, what? You're stuck with an item that you may not be able to find someone to gift it to that, you know, it's meaningful, that means something. And so now I'm sitting on an item waiting six months for Joe Smith to get back so I can give him this thing because I can't use it. So maybe what they're saying is that you need to have more than one friend. <laughs> because if if it's just the one guy and that guy turns out to be a douche. <laughs> wow. And right yeah. now they're like, bro, what person only has one friend? <laughs> you might have to make another friend. All right. All right. I could go with that. <laughs> I could go with that. But that's my here's my that's my thing though. I just feel like it's a little weird. I would like to get some clarification as to why the person who bought it can't use it if it gets returned. Yeah. It might be because of the form it comes in. It comes into the form of a could be like bind on pickup or something like that. You know, it's not bound I, to the yeah, person until they pick it up. Maybe it has something to do with that. But whatever. It's not this is not going to break the game for me. It's just a, nope. wait, what? But who cares? Yeah. Yeah. That was that part and then the previous part. Um, the not being able to buy homes. So the only two things that really stood out to me. Like, oh, that's that's different. Um, definitely not a game breaker, but it's like, wow, that's, that's a little different. So uh, you can view and manage your gifts from the gift inventory section of the Crown Store. From the gift inventory section, you can view your received, sent, and the returned gifts and it stores 14 days of gift history. So there's the Crown Store gifting system. I look forward to this being in the game. It's going to be awesome. Uh, let's see. Combat changes. Now, this part is very meaningful for those of you, like we talked about um, a few episodes ago, when you're weaving in heavy and light attacks to restore your uh, mana or stamina. So Zoss is making some significant changes to how combat items and abilities work with update 18 we already know the two-handed weapons will now count for two items and set bonuses which is great yep. especially for those of us who want to mix it up uh they've added many different class abilities or they've updated i'm sorry many different class abilities so they gave a gave us a couple examples here one Dragon Knight's Ash Cloud ability now heals you and your allies while also snaring enemies. That's OP! I love it! And the Sorcerer's <laughs> OP <laughs> Bound Armor ability now has an active component that improves block effectiveness. That's okay. We can. That's for Sorks, so we'll leave that in there. Because uh, uh, we play Sorks, you know. Yeah, you know, it's fine. <laughs> uh, Zoss has updated basic attacks to reinforce the idea... Now here's the part you really need to take note on. That light attacks are for dealing damage, and heavy attacks are for restoring resources. They've changed light and heavy attacks so that they have stronger ties to your character's magicka and stamina pools. What this means is that if you use a lot of basic attacks in your rotation, which we've talked about, weaving in those attacks, you should see a bump in your overall damage output. Which also would translate into if you use a lot of heavy attacks, you should see more returning resources, question mark, question mark? Should, yeah. I hope so, because, I mean, everybody wants a boost in DPS for sure, but if I'm in, you know, healy-healy mode, 
dripping the uh, the tears of angels on you to bring back your lives, then I want to be able to get back my magicas because I use heavy attacks like crazy. Right. I weave them in like a lot. You know, couple. Yeah. Sk- I'll use a couple skills, heavy attack. Couple skills, heavy attack. I use heavy attacks way more than I use light attacks because I get a fat return of resources. So I'm wondering if this at the same time is going to increase the amount of those resources that are coming back. Please, 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 please make that answer be yes. <laughs> so there you go. You can look forward to that uh, with update 18 changes. So crafting. Now we got a crafting. I need to back it up. Crown Store Showcase. They put this out. This is kind of going over the stuff we can expect to see in the showcase in May. And this is a big deal because Somerset's coming out. Those was pre-ordered in May, too. So, let's go over this. We've got a new motif coming to the store. It is the Crown Crafting Motif Rhetoran. This includes the motif book that enables crafting in the house Rhetoran style, as well as some I- styles, style items to do with it. So, quote, Should any non-Rhetoran ask you why our arms and armor are inspired by the claws and chitin, of gigantic arthropods. <laughs> Just ask them if they've seen any emperor crabs lately. You know, those cathedral-sized crustaceans that once roamed the Ashlands of Vardenfell. Vardenfell, excuse me. Where did those go? We killed them. We, <laughs> we the warriors of House Brethren. So, they then, look, I'm not going to try to say her name. They look pretty this. cool, though. It does. They, I, it looks a little yeah. like the Scarlet Judge outfit from Vardenfell. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or maybe yep. a lot like the Scarlet Judge outfit from Vardenfell, which I love. I mean, I rock that thing all the time on my Sork um, with a different hood, with a different headpiece. But um, it looks a little bit more ornate. The headpieces actually have, um, like, deer antlers. Nope. Try again. Claws. Deer antlers. <laughs> Fine, Claws. You win. Check out the big brain on Jibs. Deer antlers. That's a tall well, point right I mean, there. They're antlerish, but um. Anyway, it looks amazing. It does. It looks good. It's uh, it's you know, it's kind of got this whole armor vibe of a crustacean, pretty much. I I like it. It's not my favorite though. It's not your favorite. I like it. Don't get me wrong. It's not my favorite in the ones you're going to present. I have a favorite. Mm. We'll get there. Okay. Yeah, we'll get there. So if, you, if you're interested in getting some Rhetoran-themed items uh, from the whole Morrowind expansion, well, you can definitely check out this motif. It's cool. It's great. It's, uh, it's available May 17th through the 21st. We'll also have the uh, Crown Crafting Motif Sapiarch. Now, this is the Sapiarchs are a new organization in Somerset. I'm not going to tell you exactly what they are yet because we're kind of holding off a little bit on that. But uh, this will be available with the Somerset Early Access on PC slash Mac May 21st and launch on Xbox One and PlayStation 4 June 5th. Quote, The distinctive style of the robes of the Sapiarchs has not been designed so much as it's been refined. Who wrote this? And the style <laughs> distilling the clothing choices of a hundred generations of the wise. Every detail has its own deep history, 
all memorialized, of course, in the apparel archives of the Crystal Tower. I'm not going to try to say his names, except... You should. Okay. Uh, R2 Daywin, Thousand Shoes. Very good. You did really good. <laughs> this one's awesome, though. This is really cool yeah, looking this, motif. This one is my choice. And the reason being is um, being a finger wiggler with my Sork, I love hunting down cool looking mage's robes. And this one is really cool looking for a mage's robe. I agree. I agree. It's got a lot of intricate uh, designs on it. Um, it's outlined in gold. Uh, which you know makes it look like some type of metal, and the fabrics and everything about it just looks old. It looks kind of very mis- uh, mystic uh, from the old era look. Very very cool. It's probably one of the best motifs. If you're a mage or you like that old school looking style from Morrow or from back in the day, as far as Elder Scrolls is concerned, I th- I'd say this is probably it. They did yes. a really really good job on this. And the headpiece. Look at the headpiece. Yeah. It's really yeah. cool looking kind of um, T-shaped visor. <laughs> kind of. T-shaped visor. Uh, but yep. it looks a little bit, the whole style looks a little bit like the Telvani robes. Uh, yeah. So just kind of yeah, ornate uh, ornate detail. And like this one is black and gold. And yeah. although I'm not a New Orleans Saints fan, it looks very New Orleans Saints-ish. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yep. I agree. It, it's like it. uh, it's pretty rad. That I may, in fact, I probably will be picking that up. Um, also, we've got fifteen seven day and one day jewelry crafting research scrolls. Now these <laughs> will be available with Somerset early access on BC Mac May twenty first, and launch on Xbox One and PlayStation Four June fifth. Hottest use, selling, use. sorry, hottest <laughs> selling item guaranteed. The first couple of weeks of Somerset. Yep. I agree. So for those of you who don't know what this does, what these research scrolls do, use of a scroll reduces each in-progress jewelry crafting research timer by 1, 7, or 15 days. If a research timer has fewer than 1, 7, or 15 days, well, then it will complete the research. So if you're researching something, then... It's going to pretty much help you complete that quickly. <laughs> yep. Well, quicker. Quicker. Yeah. Much quicker. Um, so going to houses. we uh, They listed a couple houses here. One was the new one we've never seen before. Uh, this was the Princely Dawnlight Palace. Prince. Um, cash. Oh. Hubalajad. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is one of... I've learned I've learned my place. And that is not my place. Uh trying to pronounce that. In one of his wilder fights of extravagance had a he had a second palace built solely to better catch the light of the morning sun. It is a magnificent estate that truly makes one feel like a monarch. So, long story short, if you're a fan of the desert zones like I am, if you're a fan of the uh where's the thieves den located? Is it um Hughes Bane. Hughes Bane. This is that vibe. This yeah. is what you're going to get with this. It's very desert, very kind of uh, uh, ornate, I guess, feeling to it. So 
it's pretty rad. Uh, also, we talked about it last week, uh, or it was two episodes ago, the Alinor Crown Crest, Alinor Crest Townhouse. This is coming as well May 21st on PC Mac, June 5th on consoles. This is the one that we talked about a couple of episodes ago that really, it's in the city of Alinor. You can look over your balcony and see the city. This is a, a very vintage style, uh, high elf styled home. Uh, so it's, quote, on the heights of Alinor with easy access to the royal palace. This splendid mansion was built as a consulate for the Bosmeri ambassador of the Camorran dynasty. With the ambassador now in Elden Root, the townhouse is available for you. So, yeah, you can go back. And it's actually on one of the live streams that they did. The last live stream they did that showcased it as well as the uh, the other home that's on the boat. So you can go check those out. Furniture-wise, this one, if you're into gardening, right, that's your thing. Or you like shrubbery and lacing your home with all kinds of trees. It's a shrubbery. <laughs> well, then you... You may be into this. This is going to be available May 10th to the 14th. Quote, The lady of love, art, and affection teaches us to treasure the gifts of friendship and to open our hearts to the mysteries of love. In her divine words, No matter the seed, if the shoot is nurtured with love, will not the flower be beautiful? In quotations. Yeah, so, flower schmauer. Yeah, it's a lot of flowers. And there's a statue. Uh, I believe she's holding a flower. So, yeah. If you're into making stuff look pretty, well, this may be right up your alley. Lots of I'm trees. Into, lots of I'm shrubbery. into mead. And we're into mead. <laughs> Speaking of mead. Speaking waitress! of mead. Waitress! More mead, please. Coming right up. Yeah! I love this waitress. I feel like she's partial to us. Well, she is partial to us, and apparently there's we're not the only two people in this tavern anymore. We Wait, we been. got people showing up? Yes, we have. We're, they're, well, they're drinking with us. Shut the front door, they are! You I shut the front door. Here. You know what I think oh, the I, problem I is? I blew that giant war horn, and I think they figured out where we were, where we were at. So, anyway. <laughs> we've been found! <laughs> Give us some shout-outs. guys. Who we got here with us? Enjoy. We got uh, Bungo. Welcome. Thanks for uh, yeah. being with us. Um, good job finding us. We tried to throw everybody off this week and make everybody think we were going to be in a Red Guard zone. However, we're in our own tavern uh, in the Reaper's March. Um, and then also, again, they find us every week, but uh, Morgus and Orkide from, Bo- from both uh, Meridia's Order of Guards with Mognation and the Lord Seekers Guild. Mm-hmm. Well, there you guys go. Congratulations. Good job. Good job. Speaking of, the, so we bought a Warhorn, and uh, it was 50,000 gold. And Cash and I, we put our, <laughs> put our funds together, and we decided we were going to put this Warhorn right in the middle of the tavern. Best purchase ever. Ever. <laughs> yeah. So what ended up happening yesterday when we installed said Warhorn was that the folks who were in the tavern immediately started dueling in the tavern. So yesterday, if you follow our Twitter, you will have seen we had our first tavern brawl yesterday. It was hilarious and oh, so entertaining. It was. And I think that's something that needs to happen more often. Trying to figure out how we're going to do it in the guild. But I want to take bets 
we put down bets and we fight inside the tavern because that was hilarious because there's so much crap in this tavern. Like, this is not open field. This is, you are dodging, you're bobbing, weaving chairs. You're trying to not hit the barmaid. You're trying to not run into uh, any, of the, any of the fixtures we've got hanging off the walls. I know. Some of this stuff is expensive. They're it rare is expensive. relics from our travels. This was a $50,000 war horde. <laughs> yes, it, it <laughs> was. But the best part was watching Jibs get melted by uh, Beta Whoa. Rays, by Jeff. Whoa. <laughs> melted you down. Hey, I lasted quite uh, some time. So I think it's pretty appropriate that I'm the first one to die in the tavern. Second, guess what? He created Twitter. Guess what his banner picture is? I saw it's it. A, yeah. It's a banner picture of you standing there, cash, and it says he captioned it with his like his little, like he took it through paint and it looked like he did this with his mouse because it looks like a four year old wrote it, and it says cash, not paying attention to the fight, yeah, and then has a little arrow, and then it's got jibs over in the back corner. It says jibs dying, and there I am dying. That's his Twitter banner. He started his Twitter, and that's the first thing he uses. It's I think it's brilliant. What a schmo. <laughs> so anyway, uh, adornments. We got uh, this is the last bit of this barbaric beauty pack. Long story short, ladies and maybe some dudes. Uh, if uh, it, long flowing locks of hair and, and elaborate facial tattoos. If you like it, buy it. If you like it, buy it. There you go. Boom. So there it is. Hey, shut the front door. You came all this way. Just for us? He's no, you came for th- you came for the meat. Okay, all right. Well, what's up, man? How you doing? Uh, Mike's here. What what do you got? You're a little bit. Uh, you're a little. You got. You know, it's not so loud in here this time, so we can probably hear you a little bit better this week. Mike is always in search of calipers, yet he finds none. Where could they have gone? Thank you. Meat on the house, bartender. Hook him up. Coming right up. Thank you. I like this. It's a little bit quieter in our tavern right now. You know, we don't have the... Right now. Right now. It's a little little more chill. But, uh, anywho, so enough of that. Uh, we're Mike's given us his wisdom. We're here to share some with you. Uh, we are back with the ESO 101 segment on the housing system. Cash... Yes, we are. We have talked about uh, doing this one, and it's perfect timing since we just got finished getting our tavern all set up. So yeah. this has been, it's been uh, kind of very near and dear to my heart here in the last couple of weeks getting the tavern set up, so we figured we would uh, hit up the housing system. If you've been with ESO for quite a while, you'll know that in February of 2017 is when Homestead released, and that was the incredibly anticipated housing system that was released into the game. Uh, This system basically allows you to purchase a huge amount of unique, unique homes that are styled directly after the races and regions in Tamriel. So all you really have to do to open that up is to start the small tutorial quest, and I picked mine up at the Rosie Lion. Uh, which is in uh, Glenumbra. And the quest is called A Friend in Need. So after the quest is done, you're kind of given your first quote-unquote home, although it's actually the a small little room in the Rosie Lion. But 
that kind of gets you started in the housing system. Once you have a little bit more money or if you want to buy something with crowns, there are several different types of homes that you can buy that are all account wide. So if you buy one, all your characters will have access to this system and to all your homes. So the different types of homes. Uh, you can get the, the inn, which is a room. It's the smallest type of home. It's a very small room, and there's limited stuff that you can put in there. That moves up to apartments. Uh, the apartments are a little bit bigger. Housing types larger than the room, so they don't really have a yard. Staple homes are anywhere from two to five times larger than the apartments, and those have a courtyard. Then there's the classic homes. They are anywhere from two to four times larger than staple homes, and they actually have like more vertical space, like maybe two floors, and then they have an open courtyard for you to um, decorate. Then there is the notable homes. These are two to six times larger than classic homes, and they have much larger surrounding landscapes, so like a full yard. Then you move into the coup de gras, the estate homes. These are the massive housing types in the game. Uh, really big, vast surrounding landscapes for you to be able to customize and enjoy. And they come at a much steeper price. But uh, if you're going to get anything and you want something big, the estates have more space, more slots for you to put things in. And they have more slots for people to visit too. So like if you run a guild, this is the closest thing that you're going to get to a guild hall is these estate homes. So when you're decorating your home, it's pretty easy to add your own personal touch. There's crafting decorations that you can buy. You can, you can put them wherever you want. There are tons of things to choose for or to choose from like foliage, trees, plants, carts, wagons, wells, dining room, dining room items, uh, paintings, thrones, cookware, food, desks, literature, shelving, lighting of tons of different kinds. Uh, there's creatures you can put in there, different environment effects, different rugs and carpets, beds, wardrobes, lots and lots of different racial decor. And then there's a, you can even put trophies like of your kills and stuff. So when you go to like veteran dungeons and stuff, you get a trophy. If it's the first time you've been there, you'll get a trophy for some of the things that you've killed and you can actually put those trophies up on the wall. Right. Which is awesome. You can have like your own trophy. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yep. Yeah. You can have visitors to your residences. You can, you can set visitors to show up. You can set people to actually decorate your home. And then you can grant these different permissions in the interface but they can't take anything from you. So don't worry about that. They're not going to be, you know, hijacking stuff from your house and bailing out with your stuff. I got a little pro tip for you. First, a sip of mead. Pro tip. Give me with that pro tip, bro. Yes. Okay. Ooh, that's good stuff. All right. First pro tip. Furnished versus unfurnished. So when you are going to purchase your home in the crown store, you get two options. You can buy the home furnished. You can buy the home unfurnished. Obviously, there's a price difference here. But for the extra crowns, the furnished homes are almost always worth it. And the reason being is because if you have a completely bare home, it takes a lot to furnish it. I mean, you got to do everything. 
the yeah. lighting, the chairs, wall coverings, floor coverings, everything. So unless you have a bunch of stuff that you want to, like you say, you have a surplus of items that you're going to use, things that you've collected or things that you want to craft on your own, it's almost always worth it to buy the home furnished because it comes basically furnished and then you can move the stuff in there around any way you want and then add your own flair to it. Right. That's my little pro tip. So crafting items for your home. The crafting system allows you to make several, several different things for your home. Uh, This was added into the various crafting disciplines out there to create all kinds of different stuff. And there's a big wide variety of stuff for you to for you to make. So when you go into the crafting system, they will give you different uh, like different categories of things that you can create. Now, you must first have to have got or have to have attained the crafting designs for these different things. So they break it down into like things for your courtyard, things for your dining room, things for your hearth, library, parlor, lighting structures, suite, and then workshop. Right. So when you open up your crafting interface, if you look at the very top and then all the way over to the right in the corner, you're going to see um, the discipline, the things that you need, the diagrams that you need for those particular recipes to make those things for your home. So what you're going to see for blacksmithing, you're going to see something called diagrams. For woodworking, it's going to be something called blueprints. For clothing, it's going to be something called patterns. Provisioning, it's furnishings. Enchanting, it's praxis. And then alchemy, it's going to be formulae. Those are the different uh, items that you're going to loot in the world that will give you recipes for these particular disciplines. Right. Sounds confusing, but it's it's really not. You're basically picking up a recipe to make a table is all you're doing. Yep. Yep. So that's why it's so important that when you're out there, loot freaking everything when you're out there in the world a lot of these crafting materials that you're going to need are going to be for specifically for making housing items and trust me when you run out of materials and you're in the middle of furnishing a house it sucks i I ran into that a couple of times and had to go like search for um, heartwood or some different stuff in order to be able to make the things that i wanted to make for the tavern so there was that that's not the only way to obtain decorations though you can get them from busts and mountables in veteran arenas, dungeons, and trials. You can purchase items with gold from the home good furnishers. Mm-hmm. They're found all over the world in the cities. You can purchase items from the achievement furnitures after collecting specific questing achievements. You can purchase premium goods from luxury finish uh, luxury f- trier again luxury furnishers. And those are usually (laughs) limited time items. And then right right from the housing editor interface, you can pick up things from the crown store. So it's all right there for you. Like you hit F5, it opens up your interface when you're in your home and there's all kinds of stuff that you can do. But you hit the, I'm going to do right now, the F5 key. And then you go down to browse. All you got to do is hit R. And you can browse both the things that you have and can make and the things in the crown store. So pretty easy to do. It's really pretty self-explanatory, the system. It's a good system. Yeah, I agree. Man, those busts are awesome, by the way. If you're running veteran stuff, dude. Yeah. 
awesome. They're cool. There's there's some really neat stuff you can get out there, and and you will find some of the mounts are smaller ones, and then some of the mounts you get are huge. But there are some incredible looking trophy mounts for your for your home. Mm-hmm. Which brings up a fun fact. I see this question all the time in chat, or you know, Gildy's asking about it. You will often get blue items from some of the things that you kill, and the description will say trophy. Well, these items, the blue items, just because they say trophy, these are not things that you can put into your house. Correct. Really, unless you're like a diehard collector and you have the storage space, it, your best bet is just to vendor those items for the gold that they're worth. But yeah, there'll be blue items. They'll say trophy on them, and they're pretty much worthless. Well, except for some... Now, there's uh, there's actually an add-on. Uh, I saw this the other day. I didn't realize this, but it's actually... could It could behoove you to keep those, particularly if you're an achievement hunter. If you get certain amount of trophies, certain ones, and you have them, you will unlock achievements. So, well, there you go. Keep that in mind. Cash has learned something this evening, and all those people who have told me to vendor those items, you suck. <laughs> because I just gave out um, bad information to our wonderful listeners. <laughs> all right. So, boy, this meat is really, it's really. Did I derail good. you? Do I need to? No, you're back? amazing. You're amazing. I'm just bummed oh, out that okay. I had really crappy information. <laughs> I'm just going to take a sip of my drinker. Okay. All right. You do you. Waitress, you're doing awesome tonight. You're doing awesome tonight. Thank you. Okay. We shall continue, my friend. Let's talk about how to place items in your home using the housing editor. Just kind of covered a little bit. When you're in your home, press F5 and it brings up the housing editor. There is a place tab in the editor that allows you to place furnishings and collectibles from a categorized list of available options. And we talked about those categories um, a couple minutes ago. So the purchase tab that has the large list of furnishings that are available in the crown store and they have a ton of stuff. But keep in mind, nearly every item that you can purchase in the crown store is something that you can craft Now, when I say nearly every item, when I did my research, I was not able to find out which items the crown store sells that you cannot make. So as far as I know, pretty much everything, there are recipes or blueprints or diagrams out in the world for you to loot or trade or buy or whatever so that your crafter can learn those and make the items. Right. So keep in mind, you still have to have the recipe, the skill and the materials to, in order to make those things. So that's still a factor. It's still kind of a kind of a wall you got to get over. Um, but there are so many of them out there. Most crafters I know have a surplus of recipes that they've already learned and are trying to get rid of. So ask around in your guilds. I am sure there are people that would love to offload some of that stuff, either for very cheap or for free. Yep. So if you buy a furnished home, there's pretty much just about everything other than the main structural components of your home. You can move around and place anywhere you want. So a lot of things like plants and trees and stuff, you can move all that stuff around. 
let's talk a little bit about home storage. So when Dragon Bones came out, that was what, 11 weeks ago? How do I know that? It came... We started yeah. our podcast right about time Dragon Bones <laughs> dropped. So about yep. 11 weeks ago or so, they introduced uh, these storage boxes to the game. This was something that was chirped about for a long time. Folks out there yeah. in crafting in um, homestead land wanted home storage, and they were their wish came true, thanks Dendar. So anyway, thanks, these Dendar. chests allow you to have your in-game storage. They are also account-wide and can be accessed by any of your characters. There are two different sizes of these chests that you can get. There's 30 item and 60 item. You can acquire four 30-slot chests and four 60-slot chests for a total of 360 slots, which is a lot, I think, but talking to some crafters out there, they want more. They just have so much accumulated stuff. Yes. Um, Some of our our friends in Meridia's, uh, especially like Sienny, they have, and Vander, I think, Sienny and Vander are the two... That, ha- that are very, very into crafting, and they have so much stuff that they've bought other homes just to store stuff, which wow. is insanely legit, if you ask me. So That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, these are also players who are upwards of a 1,000 champion points have been playing the game since launch, so my yeah. hat is off to you. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, they've, they're absolute veterans. You. That's right. So the chests are considered collectibles. You can put one in as many homes as you like, and you'll have access to all the items regardless of which home you open it in. Here's an important point, though. If you choose to store crafting ingredients in these boxes, you may not access them. The crafting system, when you're crafting, does not access these boxes. You know what I mean? Like, if if you have stuff in your bank... When you put all your stuff in your crafting bag, stored in your bank, all that stuff is accessible when you're using your crafting stations. But the items in these chests are not. So just keep that in mind. You will have to physically pull them out of your storage boxes and put them into your inventory or into your bank in order for you to be able to access those in the crafting interface. Yeah. Quick tip. If you don't want to, even though you can lock items that are in your inventory so you don't accidentally sell them, if you don't want to see that at all, I was that way, when especially when I was leveling up. Cash sent me some uh, CP160 gear, and I didn't want to. I didn't even want to see it. I wanted to keep it away, so I couldn't even see it and accidentally unlock it, not paying attention to what I'm doing. Um, just put those items in there in your storage, and then just grab them later when you hit max or whatever. It's a great yes. way to hide stuff if you don't want to. You know, don't want to delete it, don't want to lock it. You just you know want to keep it away. I want to make cash, make you gear twice. That. That would set uh, some serious aggro, I think. <laughs> I'd make you some level one training gear. Right, here you go, dude. Good. That'd be my dunce cap for the week. Good luck. <laughs> okay, so these items can be purchased from the Mastercraft Mediator, uh, the Crown Store, or from the Telvar Merchants. And then you can also earn a storage coffer from the Level Up Advisor at level 18. If you have not already purchased it. So that, in a nutshell, is our crafting or our uh, housing system. Didn't you uh, purchase yours like a day before they announced that? Purchase what? Your 
your uh, coffer? My home storage? Yeah. A day before they announced no, it? No, I remember what it was. You had just leveled a tune past level 18. Like, it was ah, like the day before. Remember yes. that? Yes, it was. I had just leveled a tune. I think it was my Sork that I leveled. Yeah, and uh, I missed yes. out on the rewards. And I was butt hurt. <laughs> I mean, my butt hurt over that. It was pr- pretty upsetting. Yeah. Clearly. I yeah. mean, my butt hurts, too, when I'm upset. Derailed. Enter my mind, Vestige, and walk with me through the shadows of past events. The prophet reminds me of the guy from Diablo. Stay a while and listen to me tell you tales of stuff that may or may not happen. You're pretty good at that. Give me a beer. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, it's that time of the episode. It's apparently uh, a lot of our listeners' favorite time. This is Cash Story Time. This is our lesson on the Masters of the Sword. This is the Red Guards. I just told stories about houses and stuff. Give me a chance to drink my mead. Give me some more sultry tones, bro. Oh, that is sweet, sweet baby mead. Daddy Mm. Lucky. We only import the best in this tavern. That's right. Uh, And the cheapest. That's going to give me a headache by 2 a.m., guaranteed. (laughs) So let's talk Red Guard, my friend. Yes. The Red Guard, who don't want to be friends with anybody, really. You will Not see. Not so much. Yeah. <laughs> this was an interesting... This was very interesting research for this one. Um, I physically went to Alakir. Um, I like it. I really do. I like the zone. That zone has a Grows lot you, of character. Yes, it's got a lot of character. Yeah. There is a lot of different races there. Now, I know there is... In most of the game, but particularly when I was in Alakir, there were such a mix of races there. Um, I was surprised. It's like, why do all these people like sweltering, dry, freaking weather? It was kind of a melt. Yeah, uh, especially if you go into Sentinel, the main city in Alakir. It's such a melting pot of just races there. Right. It's wonderful. Yeah. For this game... That's kind of just unheard of in a lot of ways. But. It is, especially with the history of the Yokudin slash Red Guard. Yeah. It is, yep. was a little bit of an eye-opener. I always knew that they, were, that they had combat prowess and so on and so forth, but very, very interesting history. So let's, yeah. let's jump right into it. They're in the game. You roll a Red Guard you immediately understand that they are renowned for their martial prowess. They are warriors through and through. They have a high level of stamina. You can absolutely run forever with them. Um, Their agility and endurance is unmatched, particularly in combat situations. So that's why when you're rolling a combat character, a melee type character, almost always Red Guard is going to be at the top if not very near the top of the recommended list. And a lot of it has to do with their, um, with that stamina. 
So any activity that places physical demand on a red guard is endured with relative ease because of their history and what they have endured. They have always inhabited some type of a harsh, unforgiving land. So this really, this strength has been built into them. So when we talk physicality, they're typically of average height. They're very well muscled. They have a very, very sturdy physique. So they're known as some of the most in shape, fit, just badasses in Tamriel. They have a very hardy constitution. They're very tough. They're very, very mentally tough. And that allows them uh, an, an actual natural resistance to many poisons. Their skin tone, because they live in the desert, is it goes anywhere from like a light brown to a dark black. And their hair texture ranges from thick to like wavy or tight curls and, and, and wiry just because of that desert environment that they're used to. So we already talked about the Red Guard uh, Yokudan culture as being warlike. Every man, woman, and child upon birth is educated in the art of war and combat, even f- from a very, very young age. They, they're like the Spartans. The Spartans right. were warlike people. And they were taught from a young age to be on a war footing all the time, which is why they were so successful. Well, the Red Guard are not much different. Um, When you look at the history, they have never truly been defeated by an invading force since their arrival in Tamriel. Now, when you get kind of like to the fourth era, things change a little bit. You know, we can kind of allude to it a little bit. But in the fourth era was really a rough time for the Red Guard. The the Aldmeri Dominion had broken down. They were left in a civil war, and they ended up in such internal turmoil that when um, when Tiber Septum came in, they really they had nowhere to go. They just kind of gave up. So right. it's not because of they were defeated. It's just because their their will to fight was just was so so decimated. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But their early history is really what I want to focus on. So, Red Guards being Red Guards, incredibly prideful, very, very independent race, and obviously among the most revered soldiers and warriors on Tamriel, but because of this, they also like to make money. Because of this, they were also some of the most revered mercenaries on Tamriel because of their combat prowess. As travelers in event... Dude, it's so cool. Really, they have such a cool, cool history. As travelers and adventurers, it was not uncommon because they tra- they traveled so much and they could endure so much. You, It's not uncommon to see a Red Guard wearing different pieces of armor from various cultures. So when you look at some of their stuff, it's not surprising to see that, you know, they've got this head wrap from here. They might have some leggings from another place. Their sword may or, not, may, or may not be... Yokudan in nature, it could be you know built from some other area of Tamriel, just because their travels are so vast, and they like to collect and honor other culture. Right, pretty cool. So, but at the same time, their history was not always that way. That's more of the modern Red Guard. Let's talk a little bit about their history. So, the Red Guard, who were originally called Yokudans. And you'll know that word because there's a, a Yokudan motif in the game. Yep. This was actually an island 
off the uh, western coast of Tamriel, the island of Yakuta. So this is where they originate. This island actually sunk into the sea. We'll talk a little bit about that. Because I was like, what? It, it did what? It sunk? Are you sure the tide didn't just come up and they didn't really realize it? But no, turns out their island sunk into the sea. <laughs> when that happened, because the Red Guard, I mean, it, it was considered, a, Yokuda was considered a continent, but it was a very big, big, big island, basically. They were a seafaring people. They have among the most unbeatable armada of ships, a very powerful navy. So they were very much seafaring people. So when their island continent sunk, they decided, meh, we're out. Let's go find another place. So let's talk a little bit about why. Why did this happen? Why did their island sink? So I had to do a little digging, but I was able to find some really cool stuff that really resonates with some things that we see in ESO. Mm-hmm. So the Sword Singers. This was a legendary group of Yokuden swordsmen, led by one Frandar Hunding. Hunding's rage? Ring a bell for anybody. That is... An... Shut the front door. No, you shut up. Oh. <laughs> I said shut the front door. Oh, okay. I'm so mean to me. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so Hunding's rage, I believe it's a stamina set, Within the no, I'm positive it's a stamina, a craftable stamina set within the game. Um, so that rung a bell to me. I was like, "It's Hunding, Hunding! Oh my God, this is the guy! This is the story behind Hunding." So Frandar Hunding, the leader of this legendary Yokuden swordsman called the Sword Singers, the most elite group of these swordsmen, was known as the Ansei. Of the Ansei, an even more elite. And revered group was known as the Order of Diagna. So you can imagine, legendary sword singers, the even better dudes were called the Ansei. And of the Ansei, the very best of the best of the best of the best, the Delta Force of these dudes was a revered group known as the Order of Diagna. They were led by a guy named Gaiden Shinji. Now, if that does not hearken you back to your days of Kung Fu, I do not know what does. But the guy's name is Gaiden Shinji. He sounds like freaking awesome. So anyway, Shinji was the first blade master and the founder of the Imperial City Arena. So it is said that a rebellious group of this Ansei, known as the Hiradurge, were responsible for the sinking and the consequent destruction of Yokuda. Though it's also speculated that Yokuda sunk because of a natural disaster. So... Some speculation okay. there. I still could not find any solid information on how the Ansei in the form of the Herodurge could possibly sink a continent. Especially right. because Redguard are very much against magic. The ancient Redguard, really? yes. They believe that magic is for the weak and for the wicked. And instead they prefer martial combat. So if you were... Huh. If you were into magic, a lot of times you were shunned. You know, that kind of, well, okay, I don't want to give any spoilers away for the story in Alec here, but yeah, I could see that. I was going to say, I could totally see that. Right. So, all right. So anyway, that was my fun fact about how Yokuda disappeared. I was like, you have any better information? Because I do, that does not settle with me. I need definitive <laughs> proof. 
I need more. So, I know. Okay. So, long story short, the Yakudans leave Yakuda. Yakuda's gone. And they sail east. They mm-hmm. run into the west coast of what is now Hammerfell. Right? Right. So, they showed up on the shores. And it was not like, hi, guys. We're from an island that sunk. We're wondering if you have any coconuts or something that we could eat. Or would you mind if we camped here for the night? Yeah, not so much. Red Guard, fiercely independent. Warrior by nature. They landed on Hammerfell and started to decimate. Everything they ran into, every person that they ran into was either killed or enslaved. So essentially, they conquered every native inhabitant of Tamriel that they encountered in Hammerfell. Yeah. That's okay. Sorry to interrupt, but that is something I would like to see in an expansion. Some type of force that is bred purely as warriors, like kind of like similar to what you said about the Spartans, just just decimating and annihilating everything. That'd be cool. Yeah. So I saw this and I went, "Wow, maybe I needs to make a red guard now." <laughs> and I need to role play him badly. Man, this show has that effect on on you. It's it's the lore, the my friend. It's these lore books and all this all the thing. research that we do, the things that we learn makes yeah. us love the world that much more and it brings such a deep understanding to the world that we play in. You run by a darker yeah. skinned guy and now it's like, "Whoa. Do not Look at that guy cross-eyed. Because you will be dead. He will kill you. He will kill you. So, anyway. So, I continue. They basically... Everybody they encountered, they either enslaved or defeated them in some manner. So, it was very clear from the start that the Yukudans did not have friendship or cohabitation in mind. That Every week, as a matter of fact... Not only did they not have cohabitation in mind, or did they were they here to make friends? They felt that the lack of opposition they encountered by the natives on Tamriel further made them want to segregate themselves from any desire to intermingle. Because they felt that, hey, look, anybody who will not defend their homeland to the death and anybody that will fold over does not deserve wow. to be our friends. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> these guys are gnarly. Yeah, man. these dudes are gnarly. Wow. So that's wow. Yeah, mad respect. So Yeah, no joke. Um Yeah. So anyway, they they felt that those people were not worth mercy. So mm. they killed them. Okay, so let's talk about where the term red guard comes from. So Yokudans now they can't be considered Yokudans anymore because Yokuda is gone. So they eventually became known as Ragata. And the Ragata in Yokudan means warrior wave, which is what the people saw when they showed up. That is a wave of warriors. So they became known as Ragata. Red Guard was really just a 
it's kind of a morph on regatta. And people ended up with Redguard. Part of it was because of their skin color. They had kind of a darker, maybe reddish skin. I don't know, maybe it was a hot day and they got sunburn. But anyway, they called them Redguard. Um, but their ferocity and versatility gave them a distinct reputation of being the most fierce warriors and incredibly skilled scouts. So for this reason, they ended up, I mean, the mercenaries make made some serious money. They were the most highly sought after mercenaries were Red Guards. Um, and they made so incredibly cool. Yeah, they made some some good money. So Hammerfell itself, which they started to to conquer upon their landing in this warrior wave, it was dominated by the Alakir Desert. We've talked about the Alakir Desert a few times. If you've run dolmens, you know it's a very popular place to run dolmens. Um, but it's also a very, very arid land with deserts, mountains, grasslands, um, and considered by most of Tamriel to be nearly inhospitable. Yeah, pretty sparsely populated, but not at the time uh, the Yokudans didn't feel that way. They're just a tougher people. So a lot of the vicious creatures that inhabited the desert, including like big giant scorpions and other monstrous beasts, they were a big threat to the Red Guards. So over the years, they just called the threat. I mean, they faced down those things and just wiped them out. Not necessarily completely, but they took, they took them down. Right. So they were able to inhabit the land. So they were newcomers, very traditional. Most of the Red Guard from Yakuta were very traditional. So they did not take to Tamrielic society very well. They were very much segregated, stuck to their own kind, spoke their own language. And even to that end, they did not trade with anybody else but their own kind. They flat out refused it. Nobody else was worthy. So, yeah, it really until the orcs of Orsinium became a common threat to both the Bretons and the Red Guard. That is the first time that the Red Guard decided to team up with somebody else besides the Red Guard. And that's when them and the Bretons came together to battle the Orcish threat. And that's when the Siege of Orsinium took place late in the First Era. What does that say about the orcs to have the red guards consider you a threat? When everyone else that they looked at was beneath them, you know, or was not on on the same footing. What does that say? I know eventually we're going to do the orcs, but man, like that's that's a compliment. I would I, I imagine that would be a compliment to the opposing race to be considered a threat to them, to be someone that's you know at their playing field. Yeah, for sure. And well, the orcs too. I mean, they're just larger and stronger than any other race on Tamriel, right. with the exception maybe of the Nords, yeah. but um, still quite formidable. So it, there's no doubt that the Bretons, who were, you know, and the Bretons were, were good at war, but what were the Bretons the best at? They're the best at commerce and politics. And yeah. So yeah. not as martial, not as on a war footing as the Red Guard are innately. So they needed the help. So bringing the Red Guards on board, they were able to eventually defeat the Orcs uh, at the Siege of Orsinium. Then we talked about it when we we covered the Bretons. At that point, the Orcs just spread across Amriel and then eventually rebuilt Orsinium. So, um, but then slowly during the Second Era, the, the infighting between the Red Guards themselves started. 
So two opposing schools of thought really started to be followed. The crowns, they were called the crowns, they strive to retain the traditional Yakutian culture and of basically, we are our own people. We don't need anybody else on Tamriel. We don't need their cultures. Um, we're fine on our own. So they were called the crowns. And then there was a more progressive descendant of the original regatta, uh, and they were called the forebears. And the forebears wanted to assimilate with the inhabitants of Tamriel just because, basically, of commerce. You know, things like, well, commerce, trade, and politics. They wanted to get into the larger picture that, that was Tamriel. But the crowns did not. So you had this infighting going on. Um, eventually, it caused a civil war. And the forebears, the progressivists, or the, did I say that? Progressivists? Pro- yeah, pro- the more progressives. Progressive. The progressives. Okay. Cause yeah, we'll go with that. Words and terms are difficult after Mead. The forebears, <laughs> uh, because they wanted this integration with the rest of Tamriel, they were actually backed by the Imperial Empire, which, okay, now you really have a formidable force behind you, and they were able to defeat the Separatist crowns in a civil war. Right. So in the timeline of ESO, this timeline that we that we're playing in, much of the Red Guard society remains pretty split in the northern parts of Hammerfell. They keep with the traditional Yokudan traditions. So the dress, the personality, while the parts to the southern end tend to be more open to the rest of Tamrielic culture. I have not researched that part in game. I actually would like to travel to those zones and see if you can actually see that in the cities. I'm gonna have you done any of the questing there? No. I have I have not. Um, it's I'm gonna say this. Um, I have such a better understanding. I've yet to finish it. I actually took a break from it, but I need to go back because you will. There's no spoilers. I'm gonna say there. You will really get the feeling of when you are no longer worthy. You will really get the feeling of why the king talks to you the way that he talks to you. Why you feel you're addressed the way you're addressed. Like, it makes sense now. On a very grand scale. Um, the progressive thinking and kind of the old school thinking. So, Are they going to treat me like I'm a second class citizen when I go there? Well, you know, not full Bosmer, but you know, it's... Full Altmer, but you know. Well, I was going to say, dude, because that's my job as an Altmer. That's my to job. treat them that way. We dictate. <laughs> oh no, I have sand Listen. in my shoe. I expect you to get it out, starting now. <laughs> Pass the Bosmer to wipe my face. <laughs> Pass the Bosmer to wipe my face. Because he's small, you can pick him up. He's so cute. He's so cute. Anyway, okay, let's talk religion. Uh, mm-hmm. The main religion of Hammerfell uh, is primarily based on the traditional Yokudan pantheon. So there are many others who embrace the gods of Tamriel, but for the most part, the traditional Yokudan pantheon, there's a ton of deities. I'm going to go over all of them. Chances are you're not going to know who any of them are because I didn't. You might hear some of the names might sound uh, familiar. So there's Diagna, Hunding, Leki, Maluk, Morwa, Onsi, Raymond Ebornarm, Ruptga, Satakal, Sep, Tava, and Tuwaka. 
Anzi, you're going to have... Uh, that's one you'll get to know. Nice, I like it. Oh, there's one more. Zet. Not zit. Oh. Zet. <laughs> Tension breaker had to be done. Had to be done. Uh, have we got any notables? We do. We have a few notables. Oh, I put kind of the biggest ones in there. Um, specifically from ESO, you're going to run into uh, Faharjad, which we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Actually, we talked about his son. Uh, the Red Guard King of Sentinel. He's responsible for the Red Guards joining the Daggerfall Covenant. May or may not be a very popular guy. Mm. There's Frandar Hunding, the Red Guard hero, born in the First Era in the region of High Desert on Yakuta. He grew up in a period of constant turmoil and led his people from the annihilation they faced to their new home in Hammerfell, where they murdered everybody. Good huh. job. And then, of course, there's everybody's favorite. Did you let him die? Did you not let him die? No spoilers here. Sai Sahan, son of Nazir mm-hmm. Itaf Sahan of Bankarai. He is a Red Guard noble, martial artist, master swordsman, and leader of the Imperial Dragon Guard. Also, that dude is legit. He's very legit, and he's also. The one that calls um, Lyris Snow Lily. Mm-hmm. I definitely little, think uh, there was something going on there. There's a little, little tension there. I don't think there was tension. Well, oh, maybe it was some kind of tension. That's not the kind of tension I'm talking about. Yeah, there's some kind of tension going on. <laughs> That's going why. back to uh, Farajad, the, the king of Sentinel. Yeah. You made a comment. You know, like, he's probably not the most popular guy. Right. You are totally correct. Oh, yeah. I want to make a Red Guard and go play this. Right now, like, I need to do this. I need to. I need to. I. I feel so much more educated after this. Like, if you haven't done Alakir Desert yet, after listening to this, you should totally go do this because you're going to relate on so many levels to everything we just talked about. I'll put it on the list. Put it on the list. I, well, we got, I, a, we yeah. got a list of crazy. To, we got to do. We do. Every, you know what's but, funny is every time I see Faharjad, mm-hmm. it reminds mm-hmm. me of Lord Farquaad from Shrek. Yep. <laughs> Which I lulled. Watching that with my little girl. I mm-hmm. lulled. Daddy, what's so funny? Don't worry about it. It's just <laughs> hilarious. His name's Farquaad. <laughs> it's funny. So. It's true. All right, everybody. Well, this was episode 10 of the Lore Seekers podcast. We've been around for 10 episodes, and we can't thank you enough, you guys, your support. Everything, top to bottom, just incredible. Thank you so much for continuing to hang out with us, continue to be a part of the community. Now the community on the ground footing, just it's truly, truly an awesome time and amazing experience. If you enjoyed this episode, and we hope that you did, make sure and head on over to iTunes. Give us a review. Whether you like us, you hate us, tell us there. We want to know. Every five-star review that you give us, we give you guys a shout out on the show. And speaking of, uh, we've got some here. Uh, let's kind of go through these here. I don't know if this is Ross or Russ. I, I don't, I don't know. But if I butchered it, I'm sorry. Could be Riss. It could be Riss. Uh, anyway, he says, he she says, uh, highly recommend to and to your podcast library. Clearly podcast veterans and pleasant banter with the host. Great show for ESO fans. Thanks, man. Yes. That's awesome. Very good. Uh, Surid 
TH9, or the 9. Uh, I am a father of two with a 40-plus hour work week, so getting to ESO at times is difficult. This cast allows me to visit Tamriel when I am physically unable. The hosts have great chemistry, and the roleplay aspect is perfect. The majority of my audio listening is done via podcast, and I have fa- not found a reason to review one until now. Love, love, love this cast. All I would ask is to eventually cover furnishings. Well, huh. you're in luck, my friend. So funny. Love me some housing design. Great job, you two. Keep it going. Sincerely yours, full Bosmer Surid. <laughs> I like it. Yes. Full Bosmer yes. See, now this is the guy that we can resonate with because we're both yep. dads yep. with... You know, we have somewhat limited time that we can play, and we have fam- we got families and and full time work schedules. So, this is the guy. I mean, and I think a lot of these folks are the ones that are coming to listen to our show. And not that we don't want other people. We don't care if you're casual, hardcore, get to play once a week, get to play once a month, or just like ESO and you don't, or just like Elder Scrolls and you don't play. That's fine. Yeah, come and join us. Absolutely, we're really a show for all and really with a focus of helping the new player that's the main thing for us right tc johnson 1992 says i discovered this on the eso launcher i know we were on the eso launcher and immediately gave it a listen i've been playing for about a year now and it's truly a great listen these guys are both friendly towards teaching new players the mechanics and the lore segments are very fun and they enhance the game that much more. I love listening to this while playing, especially the ambient crackling fire and music that plays throughout each episode. Uh, Jibs is the best host. Oh, thank you so much. He totally didn't say that. T.C. Johnson, But T.C. Johnson sounds like such a reasonable guy. Why would you add that in at the end and disparage his name? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I had, I saw an opportunity and I sleezed it. All right. Well, thank you all so much for your reviews. You guys are awesome. And again, seriously, we're trying to get caught up. We've got so many reviews <laughs> to go through. <laughs> I can't keep up. Um, so anyway, thank you all so, so much. If you want to call us next week, we're going to be bringing back the mailbag segment. You can call us with a voicemail. We'd like to hear more from you audibly through this voicemail at 765 382 6961-765-382-6961. Call us, leave us a voicemail. Try to keep it around a minute if possible, and uh, we will answer your voicemail on the show. You can email us at loresecretspodcast at gmail.com, or if you want to do it the easy way, you can head on over to loresecretspodcast.com, and uh, at the bottom of the homepage, you can uh, just fill out a little form there. Automatically sends it off to us. A lot of you are doing it. It's an easy way for you guys to email us. Recommend you do it. Um, we're a part of some guilds. <laughs> yep. Let's talk about them. We are part well, of let's talk about them. Uh, Mog Nation's guild for Elder Scrolls Online. It's called Meridia's Order of Guards. They can be applied for at mog-nation.com. This is a great guild for adults and working professionals. And it's a multi-gaming guild. Uh, little note, they are in North American PC guild um also part of the divine conclave which is an rp guild on the north american server they are outstanding they can be found at socan.engine.com and then of course last but not least our lore seekers guild you can the lore seekers we um have talked about the launch already super excited 
You can join us by going to the loreseekerspodcast.com forward slash guild. Three simple steps. You got to have Discord yep. so you can download it. We got a link on our site for it. You join our Discord server. We have a link for that. What that does is it gives you access to our application process. Just go to the apply to guild channel and type in forward slash apply. It's a pretty easy application, but we have to make sure that you're not a bot or make sure you're not a douche. Once we figure those two things out, we will <laughs> uh, we'll let you in. Um, kind of as a kickoff for this whole thing, we are planning our very first guild event for a couple of short weeks away here. Uh, if you're part if you're part of the Lore Seekers Guild, uh, we're going to be doing something pretty cool. So join us. If you join us, um, you will get some information on what that's going to be. We- well, I'm going to say it's it's lasting 12 hours, and it's requiring us to go around the entirety of Tamriel. It's eight hours. It might have to go it's 12 okay, for us hours. to accomplish what we want to accomplish, but... It should be a pretty cool guild event. I don't care if we have five people or if we have 50 people or more. We're going to make it work, and it's going to be cool. So anyway, there's that. Agreed. Oh, by the way, folks, if you're listening, you're like, man, I've never used Discord before. I don't I don't know what it is. And I know Cash mentioned it earlier. It's a pretty much a text chat and voice chat with chat channels that you can hop in and talk don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated by it because we I've discovered this past week we've got a lot of people joining the guild of Lore Seekers. It's the first time ever using Discord. So we're, we'll be more than happy to walk you through it, help you kind of figure it out, how to do the emojis and all that. So don't worry about it. This is truly the, the vibe that I've seen from these people that are coming in to the guild, our listeners. They're truly, my gosh, you guys are awesome. You guys are so helpful. You guys, the chat is always going. You guys are so much fun to be around. I've been hanging around with you guys there in Discord every day. Awesome, awesome time. So if you're looking for a guild and you listen to this show, come on over to the Lore Seekers official guild. We'd be happy to have you. Yeah. Put your app in. Come to the tavern. You can blow the war horn. We've actually got uh, we got a little party going on here now. We got the real Jay Clark has joined us. Brax Wolf is in the tavern. Cregan's in the tavern. He's just got big tunas in the tavern. It's kind of cool. Big tuna. A little party going on. I dig it. Yep. Well, you can follow uh, myself on Twitter at Jibs IRL, Cash at Mog Cash with a K, and most importantly, the show at Lore Seekers Cast. We hope you guys enjoyed this, and this was episode 10, man. We've been around for 10 episodes. I can't believe it's been 10 weeks. We're still babies. We're so, we're so baby. We're still babies. Mm. Well, you guys have a great week in gaming. We'll be back next week. See you at the tavern. Dilly dilly. Wubba lubba dub dub. <laughs>